but the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball oh, was the Euro, different. The like, Euro, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different <laughs> than America. <laughs> That's the Especially, first time y'all seen that Euro step too, huh? Absolutely. All right, well, um, Coach William Keys um, from Northern New Mexico College. I'm the head assistant coach over there. This will be my second year at Northern New Mexico, um, my sixth year um, coaching uh, basketball overall. I started at the high school level um, here at Centennial for one year, uh, Centennial High School in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We won the state championship there, and I parlayed that to the head coaching position at Mayfield High School in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I was there for four years, and now um, in this COVID year, it was my second year at the college level, so I'm excited. Coach, great to have you um, on board. Um, really looking forward mm -hmm. to you know having this talk with you. Um, mm -hmm. So just a, a vague estimate, if you will, how many players have you recruited or seen um, you know, in your years of, of, of college coaching? Uh, well, you know, I, 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 I forgot to mention, you know, I did the AU circuit. Um, I, I coached AU with Danny Granger Elite. Uh, it was formerly known as Danny Granger Elite New Mexico Basketball Club. I did that for three years. So, um, you know, I did, a, I toyed with the recruiting. I guess where I kind of learned my recruiting to, to getting players locally for the AU team. So um, at, at the college level now, I probably recruited between 10 players. But like I said, it, uh, I've been with the AUs connecting and, you know, uh, the people I know from playing professionally, uh, I come across a lot of recruits. And, you know, we get emails daily, of course, being a college coach, but a lot of emails. Um, uh, from King and I'm excited you know I think it's my passion to help the youth okay appreciate it um can you speak on why you would recruit an international player over domestic um in my experience in my short experience at the college level um it just depends you know I don't necessarily prefer international over domestic or vice versa it's just a matter of which what uh talent fits our, our program and our system um what we have found is that our international uh, players that we have currently are um, very dependable um, in the classroom. Um, they're very independent. Um, we have, we have right now we have five international players. We have one from Mexico, one from the Czech Republic, one from Spain, and um, two from Brazil. And um, our our international guys. And oh, I forgot to mention we have one from Iran who just uh he sat out this year because of covid but we just brought him in the program and those six guys right now they gpa on average probably is a 4.0 to a 3.8 in the classroom and they're just mature mature guys and um it costs us a little more for the international player because they don't get financial aid you know they're not um fast for students but if they're going to succeed in the classroom and also can perform on the basketball court it helps us at the um at the nai level Marvelous coach. Um, it's great. Um, can you explain the process of recruiting an international player um, like from start to finish? Well, no, it's because of, for right now at the moment, you know, um, our budget doesn't allow us to travel and get a lot of the international guys. So um, 
you know, we we go by, first we start with the video, um, not just a highlight video, game video. Um, then we try to reach out to the coaches and, uh, you know, and really get a, a, in depth what type of student they are, what type of player they are. And then, um, you know, we go from there. And if we feel like, you know, that they have the intangibles, you know, it's always good to see the player. You know, sometimes we get to see some of our international guys um, before COVID happened and our budget was restricted. We was able to get out a little more to see some players. Um, and if they fit the bill, you know, um, and we kind of go from there. The biggest thing is um, at the NAI is if they uh, took the TOEFL, the TOEFL test. I forgot what the initial stands for, but um they first of all they have to have the grades of course and um the international guys coming straight from overseas they have to take that take that TOEFL uh, exam you're probably aware of that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just a mm -hmm. like uh, literacy and 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 yes language. yeah so mm -hmm. uh, which... and they need to get 80 i think uh, i think it's 80 or above on that test mm -hmm. and that's you know and, and then of course with the SAT and all those things uh, and I also know that normally, especially if their grades are okay, doesn't even have to be great. Like English kids um, don't have to worry about the TOEFL. So English speaking, uh, right. countries right. don't really need to, to, to worry about that. So um, that's another right, thing right. To, to, to keep in mind. Um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you mentioned about, you know, seeing uh, game tape as well as highlights. How how much of, of, of seeing a highlight tape um, appeals to you? So how, how important is it for me to have a great highlight tape? Um, depends. You know, I've seen a lot of basketball. Uh, you know, you could tell right away, you know, um, how it's just like when you scout in the game and you put all the makes and you put the makes and the misses and you put all the makes, everyone looks fantastic on the highlight tape. So kind of, um, I prefer game tape. Um, I want to see the body language. I want to see them on the defensive end. Um, highlight tapes, are, you know, they're, you know, they come and go to the dime a dozen, but you can also can tell from the talent level. You can, I, I like to look at the defense and see um, yes. who they're playing against the, the level of the highlight. Yeah. So and that highlight tapes, why they're good, it just depends, you know. Um, I, me personally, I prefer game tape. You know, I do a lot of my recruiting on game tape. Um, because of course, now because we can't get out. So, and I, and also seeing them in person, of course. I um I find it hilarious when you when you get quite a few highlight tapes and hey coach, um you know I think you should pick me up and I'll be great for your program. And then you watch the highlight tape and they're like, you know, five foot five. Mm -hmm. um, like older gentlemen or whatever and they you know they're right. slow as, and you're like oh so you was out playing ymca ball and you know yeah i've seen <laughs> yeah i've seen my share of uh you know i've seen workout tapes guys just working out individual you know I, you know we come across a lot of film and it just but it's you know everyone you know wants to play you know basketball is a you know it's, it's a lot of kids want to play at the co collegiate level and you know um pay it is what it is it's just a matter of just one school liking them so you know i think it's uh, humbling to get so much video from so many people that's, that may want to do it but we all know that everyone can't do it you know so very true very true mm -hmm. um how would you advise a, a, an international kid 
um, to get a, a college coach's attention? What do you think the process should be? Um, I mean, I think they kept, uh, you know, of course, it's uh, just first of all, you just have to play as much as you can. Um, you need to always be playing, um, playing in tournaments, circuits in your area. And then, of course, that footage, whatever you can get, yes, you can send that out. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I know me personally, I try to watch a lot of the email video that I get. I don't get to get to all of it. Like you say, sometimes you can, I can kind of, you know, I can uh, just read, you know, I read the email, you can tell, you know, okay. Or, you know, reference, have a good reference. You know, if it's someone that I know and I, you know, that um, it's a coach that I know that referenced me to player. So it's all networking, just like anything in the world. You know, you want to network. So they should network as much as they can, talk to as many coaches as they can, um, and um, just continue to improve in the gym and, you know, shoot their footage out there, read this game, read this video, and, and, uh, and you know, go through all the necessary. The scouting, I know it's a lot of different scouting um, services that people use. And I know um, a few colleges use those uh, services. So it's just depending on what you can afford. I don't recommend all, but I know some kids use scouting services. Um, me, myself, I don't quite lean on the scouting service. Mine is pretty much do networking and other coaches that I know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of you know networking and understanding. Um, what should a freshman expect coming into a, a program, a first year you know player, and um, from dealing with their time management to you know integration? You know, can you can you speak about that? Yeah, I think because um you know uh, a lot of our international guys they kind of um, strive in it. Um, some of our local guys from New Mexico, this area, you know, some strive, some don't. Um, but it's a lot, you got to be great at, with your time management. Uh, you know, we, we demand a lot. You know, we have five o'clock conditioning sometimes, five to eight. Then you go off to class and then you come back. We have um, 11 to one practice or whatever. And then we have study hall in the evening. Um, when the season comes, you may throw a video in there uh, in between study hall. Um, so it's uh, we try to have the things in place as far as to assist them academically, but time management. I think you hit that on the head is huge, and then just having a uh, just being mature. You know, no one's going to hold your hand and you know take you to your classes anymore. Tell you to do your work. Uh, you got to kind of do things on your own. Uh, I mean, there's assistance as far as tutors and whatnot, but as far as just being responsible. You have to take care of your business in the classroom. And then also we, we demand a lot on the court. I mean, you're going to be playing against the best player from every high school or, you know, everyone in college was demanding in their high schools or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of can you can you uh, compete at that high level? You know, can you practice at a high level? Um, can you um, are you receptive? Are you uh, are you bought? Are you buying into the concept of what we're trying to teach? You know, it's, a, it's a lot that goes into it, but um, being positive, being responsible, having uh, good time management, and just being driven, being consistent with your work ethic, all those things, you know, cliche things, but all those things matter. Come true. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. agree with you there, Coach. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your personal views on, you know, uh, on junior college versus prep school versus like uh, the academies? Um, where is it preferential to recruit a player from? 
Um, it just depends. I mean, um, there is, you know, if you go in JUCO route, you have a mature player. You know, a lot of times, 21, 22 year old kid, young man, that's probably a bit more mature than someone, let's say, straight out of high school. You know, so um, we have a good mix. Um, last year, I think um, I brought, I like to, I went JUCO a lot, you know, bringing in strong, mature NAI, you can play up to 30 years of age at, at our level. So um, age is pretty much, you know, it's, you have a long gap, you know, at the NAI level. So we like, we like JUCO guys, uh, prep school. We had a couple of prep school guys, um, you know, it's just a matter of the individual talent level. You know, whether you go to prep school, whether you go to high school, we have high school kids that came in and they helped us right away. We had prep school kids that struggled. We had JUCO kids that struggled and JUCO kids that excelled. So it's all a matter of just your attitude and and, um, and your, your ability to want to get better, you know? So I wouldn't say it's, uh, it's a particular route that you should go if uh, as a player or that we recruit a particular, we recruit all those acts, um, those levels. We recruit straight out of high school, we recruit code, we recruit prep school. It's just a matter of, like I said, the talent that fits our system. Okay. Um, and, and the big thing, especially, you know, internationally, I think junior college has a bad, you know, a bad rep. Don't go to JUCOs. Okay. It's a bit like, um, some might say it's like the wild west or you know there's yeah. not much rhyme and reason so you know what how do you value juco um I, you know we put we, we like you know uh we put a lot of stock in juco guys i mean there are some very solid uh juco uh programs out there you know and there are some you know jucos that are you know probably not as successful or not as organized I think um, you know we we definitely look at the Division One JUCOs, the Division One JUCO players. Of course, the top players are going to go to the top schools, Power Five schools. But you know we're looking for that guy that probably you know at my level NAI he probably didn't start, but he played a lot and he was a key guy. I mean, we just brought a guy in from New Mexico Junior College, Muhammad Jafari. Uh, Muhammad is a six-five, strong as an ox. You know, very skilled. Uh, two three for us and he had three or four D, uh, he had two D1 guys play in front of him and um, you know he played sparingly at New Mexico Junior College he averaged maybe four to six points but you know coach wanted to play him more he just couldn't you know he just just D1 guys in front of him so he came to us and he's going to help us tremendously so um, you know there are some good JUCOs you know we've got a guy from Ranger College D1 who Billy Gillespie was his old coach so we try to pick uh, from solid JUCOs um, it's just a matter of picking the right one at the right level you know if you have the talent level to play there I wouldn't necessarily turn my back on the JUCO route you know um, and it's same with prep schools you have some prep schools that are money grabs we can just be honest and you have some prep schools the IMG and all and those type of prep schools that are basketball factories. So it's 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 just uh I don't I don't really uh, have a negative outlook on any of them. I just try to make sure I recruit from clean programs. Okay, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. That's a um, yeah, you acknowledging that that some are money grabs and some are legit. I think that's important for for the the, mm-hmm. the, the kids to understand that hey. 
Um, there's good and bad at all levels in all programs mm-hmm. or schools. So it's about you doing your homework and, you know, finding out, you know, if that's a good fit for you. Um, right. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, how hard or how easy is it for an international to integrate into a program? Like, uh, what's the best way for them to kind of get acclimated to the culture? Oh, man, that's tough. It's, I mean, I think it depends on the individual, you know, um, you know, you have introverts, you have extroverts, you know, some kids, they, you know, respond right away. Some, some kids struggle. Maybe the town is smaller. The, um, um, the, 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 it's a small college town. Maybe they want to be in a big town. So all of, all of these things, I mean, it just depends, you know. Um, do you the do first anything? Thing I would say just, do you do right? anything as a, as a coach to kind of help the international kids to kind of mix in and... and... Of course, we always try to do, uh, you know, right now our international guys, you know, I couldn't speak. Our international guys are part of the student senate at our school. International nice. the guys that play, they're um, tutors, you know, math tutors and, you know, and they're integrated in all the, um, all the cultural events that we have on campus, they're definitely involved. Right for our guys, our international guys make a huge impact not only into our, our colony. You know, they blend in. Well, our Brazilian has been uh, one of uh, two of Brazilian guys president of the Senate. So I mean, it's just a student Senate. So I mean, um, and we have an open door policy. So uh, like I said, in our experience, our international guys are very dependable, very reliable, very they really uh, push. Our, our, our other student athletes to excel in the classroom and even on the basketball court. They're tremendous guys. They're yes sir, no, uh, yes sir, no sir. They keep their head down. They work hard, and they're fun to coach. So um, you know, we try our best to help our international guys feel at home as much as possible, and and uh, we can do everything in our power to make them feel that way. Nice, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, What's typically covered in a scholarship, uh, particularly at the NAIA level? And, and is, do you do half? Do you do full? Um, uh, so what we how we do it is, um, you know, right away, um, our school right now is one of the um, very affordable school, probably the most affordable school in the state of New Mexico. Um, right away, uh, we give our students, international student athletes, they get out of state waiver that's worth close to $10,000. So they'll get an out-of-state waiver that is knocked that off their tuition. Um, depending on the level of the player, we off, we can offer scholarship money. We um, don't offer over 4,000. Uh, let's say for an international guy to go to our school, with room and board, uh, books, everything, it's probably around 19,000. So if you take 10,000 off for out-of-state waiver and then another, uh, you know, on the talent level, again, if they are amazing uh, talent, you know, you let's say four thousand off for um, from um, scholarship, athletic student uh, student basketball scholarship. So that's fourteen thousand. And the other five, you know, they probably could pay out of pocket, or maybe they have some type of academic scholarship. So we can do a lot with uh, um, international guys. They will have to come out of pocket some because we don't have dorms. And um, a lot of our guys, we have an apartment complex that we all live in. So uh, that uh, that's included in the room and board price that I told you. But uh, yeah, you know, they will have to come out of pocket some. It just depends on um, their talent level. 
Okay. Um, and is that unique to your school or is that all NAIA level? Um, some NAIAs have four scholarships. I mean, what we do is we divide our, our scholarships up. I mean, um, the kid really has to be a, uh, a, a heck of a talent to get a four basketball scholarship where we would pay for everything. I'm not sure if a coach has done that at Northern. Um, but uh, for the most part, man, um, yeah, I was, I'm thinking about Mohammed. I was just saying the kid that I just told you about, Mohammed, mm-hmm. do have a full scholarship. We do have him on full scholarship, but he went to New Mexico Junior College. He was already in the States, but he doesn't get any fast for us. So, yes, we, we do. Uh, with the out-of-state waiver and about 4000 that would pretty much cover your whole your whole um, um, scholarship for us. So, yeah, you know, for our international guys, I mean, we're very affordable. I mean, other schools, they have, you know, they may have more resources, but they may be a bit more expensive, too. I know some schools don't have, uh, you have to pay more, way more, 15, 20,000. Robert Morris in, uh, in Chicago, some schools out there, they have kids that have a lot of student debt to, to play ball at those schools. And that's one thing about Northern, you can go to our school four years and leave with no student debt no long you know it's pretty much a great opportunity and we play a very tough schedule too d1s d2s we play new mexico state every year unm every year um a lot of d2s in the area western eastern uh colorado we play a lot of those um our max schools in colorado so i mean it's a, it's a very good opportunity to play some college ball with us at uh, northern new mexico college nice. and affordable Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and on that scholarship, you know, things happen and, and, and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But when you get the scholarship, is it for one year or is it for the full four years? And can you lose the scholarship for something like injury? Um, injury, not so much. Um, breaking team rules and whatnot. You definitely can lose scholarship money. Um, our scholarships are we can do semester scholarships for a half semester. We can do four scholarships. We've had situations where we had, we signed them for the one year and then that first semester, you know, something has happened or the team was broken and they lose money the next semester. We've had kids that come in in one semester and didn't get quite as much. They come in, they, they excel in the classroom and they excel on the basketball court and they get more the second semester. So, I mean, um, most of the, but for the most part, they're one year scholarships and then we renew them every year. But they can fluctuate um, in between the first and second semester, depending on the, uh, the student athlete. Yeah, so. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and is there ever a situation where, um, you know, a student would be, you know, they do like the two years, say they did their first two years. And in the third year, um, they, you know, they transferred out to-, to Yeah. To... Um, yeah, one of the things, um, one of the things I had coaches, uh, Coach Ryan Cordova, he does a great job. I mean, if a kid comes with us and they, let's say they're excelling and they're really, you know, really um, doing a very good job in the classroom. They're really playing well, you know, they're really, um, you know, playing above and beyond expectations. And then starting to excel and starting to uh, garner interest, let's say from a Division Two or D One 
Um, they can transfer. Uh, we don't try to hold the players back if they have the potential to play at a higher level. Uh, we definitely help all our players get there. You know, it's better to do it with us and let us, you know, vouch for that player, speak with the coach, and, you know, and uh, and help them get to another level. We don't, we don't say, oh, you got to be with us for four years because we're a four-year institution. If you're good enough to go D1, D2, then by any means, yes, we want to help you. Um, and you can go right in and you can go and you're immediately eligible. If your academics is fine and you passed everything, I'm sure you can transfer from an NAIA to an NCAA and be eligible right away. It's similar to JUCO. So um, we've, I mean, we sure we've had that happen uh, in the past. I know I wasn't there, but in the past, before I was there, coaches had several players leave from Northern New Mexico and end up at Texas Tech or at UTEP. So it's definitely a possibility. Oh, okay. Um, nice. Um, so in the last series um, of the Eurostep, when we spoke to a bunch of collegiate athletes that went through the process um, and they had, you know, these stories that they told about their recruitment. And one of the things that came up is coaches that promised playing time or promised them being in starting roles or whatever and then as soon as they got to programs um it was the complete opposite or they didn't allow them to do certain things um can you speak to that as you know as a, as a coach that goes and recruits players and i'm not saying that you've done it but i'm saying that I, can you attest to that part of nah, the process that's something. Nah, I, don't, I mean that's unfortunate i mean that's something that's uh that, I, that we definitely don't do. Everything is earned at our school. I mean, you're gonna come into a competitive, uh, we want a competitive nature, nothing is promised, um, nothing is given. And um, we don't recruit that way. I don't recruit that way. Um, I understand that that's out there, you know, but I think, um, you know, I, you know I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's um, something that I, you know, that we would want to do or just, I, I just we just don't do it. You know, that's the best thing. We just don't do it. You have to come in, you have to earn everything. You have to you have to come in and pay your dues, you know. And um, if you're good enough to play, you know, once you step in the gym, then you'll play. If you're not, then you won't. You know, it's just that simple. And um, you know, we I, I we don't we don't uh, give any players any empty promises like that or, or say anything like that. We want our kids, our student athletes to come in and earn every second they get on the basketball court. So, yeah, that's unfortunate, you know, that that's there. And I'm, I've heard that a lot as well, but that's just something that I don't do personally. Okay. Um, does the team, especially at NAIA level, what's the, um, I guess, the uh, go, or when are you guys allowed to practice? So is it just off, is it just preseason and during season? Do you go, you know, off season? Uh, preseason, during, like how, we, how yeah, we have we have um, off season program where um, you know, and if after the season in the spring, we do our off season program to the summer. We usually give our kids a month, month to six weeks, sometimes eight weeks, depending on their international kid and they're going abroad. We give them more time. Um, we try to have everyone so June and July's are mostly free. Um, and then we get started in preseason right in August, right when school start. We start our preseason conditioning. We do preseason uh, individual, and we do individuals all the way up until October, and that's when we officially get started with practices. 
and uh, more 505 stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty much the same. We have our off-season. Um, we have our off-season program. We have our preseason program. And we'll have our in-season program. So, yeah, it's pretty much the same, you know. Just like in the NCAA, they've got different types of statuses. So they've got uh, red shirts, medical red shirts, gray shirts. Do you have any of that in the NAIA level? Yeah, we have red shirt. We have red shirt, uh, gray shirt. Um, we, are, we definitely red shirt guys. Though a lot of our guys that we have are um, like to say third year uh, sophomore, uh, uh, fourth year, fourth year juniors. I mean, being in New Mexico. Uh, and playing at our level, like I said, you can play up to 30 at our level. Um, so uh, when we do recruit locally, which we try, we try to focus on the Mexico in our area. Uh, we like to get the, our kids in red shirt. You know, a lot of our kids in this area can use their red shirt to get acclimated with college, to get used to the, the, uh, the playing speed at our, our level and also to get stronger and to mature more. So um, a lot of our guys that are standout players for us now um, they redshirted their freshman year and um, they matured into their body. And you know, coach, when you is you you have a different body structure from when you're 18 to when you're 21, 22. You know, and um, that's why you know a lot of even at the Division One level, you see a lot of some coaches, uh, Bobby Huggins, they love JUCO guys. They come in 22, 23, mature, seeing a little bit more basketball, so you can you know get out of them. So, uh, yeah, we'd like to red shirt our local guys, especially, and then we get a good mix of juke guys in there and and, um, and put it all up like some gumbo and put them out there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we red shirt guys. Gray shirt, yeah. I would say red shirt more than gray shirt. Okay. Um, and even though you've mentioned it quite a few times, um, can you just reiterate how important the academics part of it is, you know, good grades and... Um, um, good grades for the international students. I know it was like probably the first thing you said, um, mm -hmm. but can you just reiterate, you know, how important that is for the process? I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, uh, if you don't have your grades, I mean, if you don't, for us, you know, if you don't have your grades, the conversation can't even go any further. I mean, you can be an amazing player and have a jump out the gym, shoot from half court, and dribble like hey, Allen <laughs> Iverson. But if you can't, if you don't have the grades, I mean, it's a mute point, you know? So for us though, it's, it don't take much, you know? Um, you have an 18 on your ACT, your GPA is above 2.0, you're eligible with us. It's just either two or three. You could be, uh, you can do bad on your ACT, but you have a great GPA and finish in the top half of your, graduating class and um, you can get in that way. I mean, it's so many ways that you can be eligible for us at the NAI level, but uh, it doesn't take much, but um, our international guys, most of the time are, are more mature players. I mean, it's, it's the case this in, in my last year and then the case for us now, our international guys are, they're just destroying it in the classroom. Um, but yeah, the grades is grades is essential. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's say, cool. I make grade. Um, you know, a little little Timmy makes the grade. He gets in. He's qualified. And then first semester goes by, or half a semester, and his grades drop. Now, can he still play 
can he still practice if he's academically ineligible? It's a lot different. Yeah, the academically eligible um, for our incoming freshmen, um, you're eligible throughout that whole first year. So um, if you qualify, if you do bad in that, at the semester break, um, you can have a chance in the spring to pick that up. For us, you need to keep your GPA above 2.0 and you need to pass 24 credit hours a, a semester, a year, I'm sorry. So it's 24 credit hours a year. So going into your sophomore year, your GPA need to be well above 2.0 and you need to have 24 credit hours passed. You know, each class is worth three to four credit hours. So that's probably five to 10 classes that you need to have passed. Um, um, no, I mean seven, seven to eight classes that you probably have should have passed and your GPA must be above 2.0. Now, after your, after your, um, freshman year then you can be ineligible at the semester so if you struggle say your sophomore year you struggle in that first semester and you're academically ineligible then you, you miss the playoffs you miss the second half of the season and you have to bring that gpa and get your grades up before that following fall to be eligible again all right and most of the time in those situations you know coach it, one of the things he does is you fail you know we don't pay uh if one thing we talk about, we don't pay for our student athletes to, to fail classes. So you could lose a reduction in your scholarship or, you know, it just depends. If you're really struggling in the class and you're just not getting it, it just depends. We, we know if you're doing the work or you're just struggling, you can't grasp the concept. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. are you being lazy? You're really struggling with something, you know, and you're just not getting it. So the situation is very but I've seen coach, you know, keep kids scholarship the same. That's just struggling in school. They're honest, good kids are just struggling. And I also seen kid, oh yeah, that he's just not going to class. He's, you know, yes, we're gonna take some of your money away because you're just not being responsible. So, but playing wise, yes, after your after your sophomore year, after your freshman year, if you're ineligible, your sophomore year in the fall, you're ineligible until that following fall. You got to um, get your GPA above 2.0 and you have to pass 24 credit hours. Uh, so they're ineligible to play, but what about practice? Do you allow them to practice with the team? Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah they will practice. They still practice. Um, they can practice. There's no rule against not practicing. Um, they probably won't get as much reps, you know, but they can, they'll, they'll be still in the practice and we still, they'll still be required to go to study hall, do all of that. They're still a part of the program. Um, but they just won't be able to play games. Okay. Their repetitions okay. definitely will go down, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, they they, they got to stay on top of it, man. I keep telling a lot of the kids that I work with, you know, I try and tell them, and it's like it goes in one ear and out the other. It's like, I'll be fine. Right. Like, okay. Right, right, right. Um, so, Coach, last few questions, and I appreciate the time. Um, last couple for you. Um what would you suggest would be a, a good entry level of independence when you know a, a player comes to college you know what's the basic life skills or, or you know um, independence they should have right they just need to be uh, you know good at time they need to be able to show up to things on time show up to class on time they need to be able to get to practice on time um, they need to be able to uh, you know, be respectful in their classrooms. Um, 
they just need to, you know, they need to have self accountability, hold themselves accountable. Um, again, you know, no one's, you know, mom's not there to wake you up. You know, the teacher is not going to call the. Well, sometimes our our professors call the coaches and let us know. They we have a great relationship with our professors on campus. So, but for the most part, they need to be just accountable. And, you know, personal accountability, being able to get to things on time. And uh, if they can that, you know, if they can uh, have that, you know, they'll be fine. You know, yeah, yeah, they're going to get tired. Yes, it's a lot. You have to be good with time managing. You got to understand when to eat, when, you know, all of those things. But I think they can figure that part out if they just try to be accountable and be at places on time. I think the time management is key. And there is a level of maturity you got to have. You know, you have to be, you know, self-sufficient, you know, um, yeah, we will help you as much as we can as coaches, but we have 35 to 40 players in our program. Um, and a lot of that stuff is going to fall on you. We're not going to hold your hand. You know, they have to be mature enough to get to where they need to be at, at the appropriate time. So I say the time management and the maturity is huge. Hey, mm. um, and kind of with the time management and, and independence, and you kind of mm. mentioned not being their parents or whatever, what type of relationship do you as a you know do the coaching staff have with the parents you know um can a parent call you whenever and say hey coach um you know franklin i'm worried about him eating or you know is he washing his clothes you know how much uh communication do you have with the parents um we, I, in my we you know, we try to, we want our guys to be as independent as possible, but of course, if there's a situation where um, a parent is concerned or he's struggling about something with something or some struggling in school, of course, you know, um, they can um, contact us and let us know their concerns. Um, we don't, um, we don't say, uh, we want our kids to be more independent, our players, our young men to be more independent. But if there is a situation that we're not privy to, or if there's a way the parents can help us, or, or you know, or they want to communicate, okay, this will help Timmy get better at that, or Timmy's struggling with this, he needs help with that. I mean, sure, you know what I mean? We definitely have that relationship. I mean, that relationship started when we started to recruit the player. So uh, I have an open phone policy, open door policy with parents. But, you know, of course you have some that could be overbearing and, you know, I haven't we haven't had that problem often because I think a lot of parents understand that you know this young man is off to school they trust us with them they you know we they have we have great relationships with them and they kind of let us mentor them you know it's more of a mentoring coach's role more so than a parental role so while we have an open phone open door policy to parents we try to keep uh, keep it just with the student athlete as much as possible the relationship. So, okay, so you say about open phone policy. So um, someone's mom can say, hey, um, coach, you know, um, Jonathan didn't play um, too many no, minutes last game. <laughs> Nothing basketball related, period. You know, I mean, we, we strictly classroom or, you know, we don't talk to parents about playing time, period. That's overdone with, you know. If that's the, if we, if, I mean, I've seen coach just have the kid go home with mom after the game, if that's the case, you know, I wow. hear it, well, take him with you, you know, you coach him. 
Yeah, you know, uh, now nah, we don't do playing time conversations, period. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, somebody's parent might be saying, Hey, you know, I don't think you're using Jonathan in the right way, man. You he's more of a one. You've got him out there as a three. Come on, coach. You know, you need to move him on the ball. No, you don't take those conversations. <laughs> nah, we don't have those at all, man. You know, it's, they could transfer, you know, they find that position for him, but I haven't had that, you know, again, it's my second year. Coach is probably my head coach was doing it for 10 years. I'm sure he's had those. But in my second year, I don't, you know, and of course, I, that's something that, you know, let us coach and anything off the court, though, definitely they can call us, you know, housing, anything, definitely. But coaching-wise, no, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Good. No um, way. What advice would you give to a parent that's concerned, you know, for their, for their son, um, and they're, you know, talking about internationals now, you know, they're, they're going to send their kid off to college. Um, is there right. any advice that you can give, you know, them to kind of make them at ease a little bit? I mean, I think it's, you're going to have that dis-ease, you know, this, that feeling because, you know, of course, it's your son is going to a different country. You know, I would just say communicate as much as you can. I mean, with technology now, with us zooming now, it's, you know, just make sure they constant in constant communication with them. Uh, make sure they're in constant communication with, um, you know, especially a, I would say incoming freshman, a younger player. You know, just make sure that they communicate with them. You know, stay in contact with them, and uh, and if they feeling you know depressed or something, because you know people, you know. Well, get away. Sometimes you're in a situation that you haven't been in before, and uh, or your anxiety level can be high because you just it's a different country. You know, I know I played uh, abroad, and I was 24, 25. I went to Turkey. My first job was in Turkey. I was there in the Middle East, and uh, I was in Ankara, Turkey. Turkey. I lasted one week. You know, I came home because it was just at that time. I think it was 2000. You know, it wasn't as westernized as it was today, you know? So, you know, I've, so I can imagine a young 17, 18 year old uh, kid from the UK or a kid from let's say Croatia, Spain, coming to America into New Mexico for the first time. I, I'm sure, you know, it's gonna be taxing. So I would just, just communicate with them and, you know, stay positive with them. You know, yes, it's gonna be hard. You know, yes, it's big. yes, there's going to be some struggles on the court, of course, but just continue to just uh, hack away at it and, and, and continue to communicate with them, you know? Nice, perfect. I like it. Um, mm -hmm. My favorite question and last one for this, um, you know, dealing with uh, remembering uh, that these kids are miles and miles and miles away from home um time difference and everything and, and they're going to be looking at new support systems um and their teammates and stuff there's always going to be distractions you know as young men young women coming in there's always right. going to be distractions um so you know there's going to be drugs there's going to be alcohol there's going to be um you know uh relations with the opposite sex or whatever um yeah. can you talk about the distractions of college um athletes and how best to deal with it? How would you advise, you know, a young man getting into that situation? I mean, I mean, hey, if you want this, you can always find trouble in any college town, <laughs> any, you know, if you want trouble, if you want to find those things you're talking about, you can always find it. Uh, I was just, it's just a maturity level. You know, you know right from wrong. 
I would hope, you know, we try to recruit players that are responsible young men. So uh, that temptation is going to be there. It's in there in all uh, walks of life. You know, just make sure you, you, you know, you keep your principles of what you was taught from your parents. You do the right thing. I mean, we mentor our kids to do the right, our players, I say kids, you know, think in high school, but our student athletes, we mentor them to do the right thing, you know, and uh, hold themselves accountable and be respectful and stay away from drugs. I mean, drug, you know, using drugs to get you put off our team and get you back on the plane right away. You know, we have a no, we have zero tolerance for that. Um, we understand some kids are older and we have guys, like I said, we can play the 30. So you have men 25, 26 on the team, you know, if, if you try with no alcohol policy during the season, you know, what you do, you know, in your spare time as a young man, it's up to you. But um, make good decisions, make sound choices. Um, and that's it, you know, yeah, well, that's what we try to do. I, we don't. Again, like that's another thing. We don't babysit you. We just we try to recruit high character guys with high character. And um, if you're there to be a student athlete, if you're going to travel three thousand miles to come do drugs and party, then you probably in the wrong sport. You know, um, you probably don't want to play college. You probably don't want to be a college athlete. You want to be. Uh, a club owner or something. <laughs> rock star. We, we, right, rock star. So we try to recruit guys that are serious about their craft, that are serious about getting their degree first, or first and foremost, and then serious about um, winning and being um, playing at the highest level. So uh, just a long story short, just personal accountability. Perfect. Coach, before I let you go, um, you know, you, you you said you're in your second year at Northern New Mexico. Um, if I'm, a, you know, international kid watching this from the Netherlands or wherever, and mm -hmm. I want to know about your program, um, you know, tell me a little bit about Northern New Mexico and why it would be a good option to come and come and uh, play for you. Uh, um, first and foremost, like I say, um, you know, me personally, you know, I played a lot of basketball, played at the Division One level, played um, pro ball overseas, all over different countries. So I have a lot of a plethora of resources as far as on the basketball side. Academically, our school, again, is very affordable, four-year accredited institution. Um, um, we play a, a, a lot. We play uh, teams at the highest level. Uh, our schedule is uh, we play 24 to 28 games. 14 of those games are Division NCAA games, D1, D2 games. Um, we, and we're going to push you to be the best uh, student athlete that you can be um, on the court and off. I mean, we have a plethora of Coach Cadova, our head coach. He's been coaching uh, at for 10 years, coaching at the college level 20 years. So we have a, a wealth of knowledge that we uh, try to um, teach our young men and extend to them. And we just also want, um, wanted to, you know just mentor these young men into being high character guys in society so if you want to reach your full potential on the court and in the classroom i think northern new mexico would be an excellent choice for you um and if they want to you know con uh, take a look at our campus you can go to northern new mexico college uh nnmceagles.com uh, i know nnmc basketball is our twitter at nnmc nnmc basketball is our twitter um at nnmceagles.com is our athletic um, website. Um, so 
they can look us up there and they can kind of view the campus or whatnot. So appreciate it, coach. Appreciate your time. Um, it's been great having you on. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we, we get to come and see one of your games, um, you know, come the fall of this year um, and, and wishing you and, and the program all the best of luck. I appreciate it. Good luck to you this year too, coach. I know it's a short season, but <laughs> hopefully you can get back out there, man. And, um, you know, I come check you guys out if I, could, if I can, you know, get up there. I've been just trying to stay, you know, social distancing and quarantining, but I'm, I'm excited about the vaccine being out. So I'm, I'm excited for you guys as well. Coach, have a great season. Definitely, definitely. I'm William Keys uh, from Northern New Mexico College, lead assistant over there. Um, thank you guys for um, watching our podcast at Eurostepping. Hope to see some of you guys soon. Appreciate you watching the Eurostepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Eurostepping. Watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.